0: Hello and welcome to Between Two Cairns. I'm Yochai. Hi, I'm Brad. And today we're going to review Holy Mountain Shaker. But first, let's answer a question from the mailbag. Okay. All right. So this question comes in from Javier L. How's it going today, Yochai? How you doing? Why well, don't I don't understand why you said okay? A beautiful then I, day outside, isn't yeah, it? it? It's very nice out. Okay. Summer's here. It is, to by definition. In all its glory. I've been thinking about that. Equinoxes lately, because I've been creating this, like, you know, I'm starting this West Marches game soon. So I I did that horrible thing where I created a setting with a calendar and days and months and holidays. And it's honestly quite fun to think about because you get this Uh sort of, what if I could make all the days even and there's no leap years or leap months or... You know, it's you get to think about how far right. is the planet from the sun, stuff like that. It's it was just kind of fun, Oof. but the reason I mentioned yeah. it is because I had to come up with equinoxes for the different seasons, and then I had uh-huh. to think about what those equinoxes mean, and then I realized how divorced I am from that today. Yeah, you know, it, like it doesn't matter that the summer equinox just happened. It doesn't matter. It's the nice. Summer solstice. It's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Summer solstice. You're uh-huh. right. You're right. But it doesn't matter. The solstices and the equinoxes are both relevant in my setting, but they're not relevant in my real life because we were, we've become so divorced from caring. You know, I, I don't need to have a festival to uh-huh. celebrate the summer solstice because the harvest doesn't matter to me. <laughs> it doesn't? Uh, I guess that's true. I I just think that's sad. I, I I should you know start make a bonfire or something. I don't know
1: here's my problem with the solstice. I'll tell you what it is. Okay.
0: What's your problem with the solstice?
1: My three-year-old's waking up way too early. He's like, sun's up, let's party. Uh, and I'm yeah, like, Dude, I don't have any a-
0: sympathy for you, but all right.
1: I'm like, yo, where's, where's my, uh, where's my winter solstice at? Huh? Let's go to bed. I actually That's love the solstice because it's so bright out that when my
0: six-year-old wakes up, he doesn't need to wake me up because it's so bright out. He just goes downstairs and watches TV go. or plays games or whatever. When, there we it's, go. but when it's winter, it doesn't matter that yep. he's waking up at 5 in the morning. It's not going to be light for three hours,
1: and he needs
0: us to be with him. So
1: I have no sympathy. I guess at the end of the day, we're two dads with our own unique problems, okay. aren't we? They're not unique. All right,
0: let's get to the question from Javier L. It's a two-parter. Do you pref- Let's do it. Do you pref- Hit it! Okay, I'm not going to let me ask the question do you prefer music that is generic or thematic do you listen to any dungeon synth personally i cannot quite get down with dungeon synth some is good
1: most is like novelty music hmm. so shots fired dungeon synth huh so generic versus thematic like i'm i'm, I'm guessing like in regards to role playing like them, like thematically dungeon music kind of stuff Right? Is that I, yes, what I mean, that Loot the Body is what I would think of. Loot the Body. Is oh, a, Loot
0: the Body. It's, it's, yeah, it, it does a bunch of synthy albums that capture...
1: Yo, uh, Loot the Body. Do you, did you listen to that song Loot the Body wrote about my Dungeon 23? Oh, I vaguely remember you talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't listen to it, but I remember... Dude, Song a- of the Summer, man. Yeah, okay. Let's get a drink at the Satanic Temple. I, That's a sing-along chorus. I did listen to the... I actually have this on tape... If for
0: you kids out there, tape is a way to listen to music before CDs. But I, I, for you kids out there, CD, Never mind. But (laughs) I got with the, uh, my friend Lex Mandrake, his game, Azag has. Oh yeah. Lex puts out awesome music. Well, there's a like tape that comes with it by loot the body. That has a bunch of cool, you know, <laughs> tracks like uh, The Walls of the Star Kings and The Warlock's Defeat, you know, stuff like that. The Yielding Plane. Oh, I sh- those are all really good. Those are really good. But anyhow, yeah, check out Loot yeah. the Body.
1: Uh, the answer is no, I don't listen to any dungeon synth. What's Lex's, um, what does he record under like a different name? Uh, Dank Dungeons. Dank Dungeons. Yeah, I got I got some Dank Dungeons on the band camp, and that stuff's that stuff's cooking, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm digging it very much. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's uh Incantation, that's what it is. Uh his uh, Incantation. Yeah. I think he also came out with an album for his Shifting City uh yeah. zine, which he by the way, Lex, I know you're listening to this. You still owe me a print copy of that. I know you've never made them, but I demand a print copy of the Shifting City. That's all. Uh, so, it, it, you're like really airing your laundry here man uh, he just I've yeah. it's like the first we have lunch once or twice a month and the, I'll the save f- it for lunch pal no the, you know? the first time we met I said bring me a shifting city and I'll bring you a cairn and he said I don't make printed copies of that I'm all PDF and I said that's dumb and <laughs> I have yet to win that argument uh, but I do know that he listens to this so
1: all right hi Lex nice to uh, hope you're having a good day yeah. Well, he's been on this podcast um,
0: before. anyhow.
1: To answer uh,
0: Javier's question. Uh-huh. Uh I like I like th- I mean, I don't know if this is gen- gener- general or not, but when I first started doing RPGs, I would put music in the game or I would play music like I play the tin whistles. You know, or at least before I became a dad, I was a decent tin whistler, but uh <laughs> Penny whistle, as it's called, the, I, I would play that at certain moments, and people thought it was quite funny. I've also been known to play thematic noises at the table when there's like creepy stuff going on. But honestly, I, I don't really need it anymore. I know people who run stuff online will have audio cues and music at certain moments, and I feel like that's just that's just like a lot of work, you know? Well, do you F with dungeon synth? Are you are you no, into it? No, you- n- no, no. I said I said earlier I don't listen to it other than the loot the body tape that i have and the uh, lex's stuff that he put out under dink dungeons like loot the
1: body is like only tangentially dungeon synth what though.
0: no yeah. it's absolutely
1: okay what describe dungeon synth then i mean dungeon synth is kind of like well i don't know maybe i haven't listened to enough loot the body it seems like a lot of the loot the body i'm listening to is kind of like it's not dark enough it's more like rock influence there's lyrics there's not guitars, always there's...
0: not always it's just like ambient Fantasy,
1: metal, electronic. Dungeon Synth is, I feel like, inspired by ambient, yeah. soundtrack, sure. you know, scores, and to black metal. And I think yeah. the uh, it generally has a lo-fi quality about it. Agreed, it's yep. commonly traded on cassettes, and, I th- you know, it bears a lot of similarities with, like, old computer game soundtracks. True, true. Um, but I do think there is a pervasive subtext of darkness behind it, it kind of keeps me at bay i like the lo-fi quality of the synths the kind of like preset you know kind of like plinky plinky stuff i like the droney stuff plinky, but i'm not plinky. a metal guy and i feel like that dark that black metal <laughs> the dark metal stuff <laughs> is uh keeps me from fully embracing well, did you dogs. have you heard have you heard of forest synth forest synth does that's not i mean that's not real oh it's real what would you call Forest Synth. Uh, there's this group, Wooden Lungs,
0: that does dungeon synth, okay. but for forests. Uh, it's kind of like. Have you ever listened to either uh, Comus or? Um, uh, there is this sort of um, what are they called? They're like North English acid folk band from the 70s called uh-huh. Forest. There's another okay. one called Comus. Uh, I, I, I guess it's like yeah. it's like if you can if you can imagine them, but. Uh, it with dungeon synth mixed in. That's I'm not good huh. at describing music, but let, let me tell you something. I, I feel like all these terms don't do anything to help outsiders understand what the hell we're talking about.
1: No, people love making up fake labels for things to like classify stuff. I really, I've been struggling. I mean, that's, I've always been struggling with that. You know, I think it's all, it's kind of phony. People need to like label everything to understand it. Yeah. It's a classic Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, you know? Well, I'm like just mm, chill, man. Just enjoy the vibes. Dro- Dropping some you
0: know? linguistics knowledge there. Uh so the example I'm talking about which is wooden lungs, they're sort of like they have like illin pipes and synthy sounds in the background sort of like uh-huh. war drums you know I, I, does that help i'm not
1: sure good at this are you playing is that what you're is that what you're spinning when you're at the when you're when you're <laughs> rping with your with your home uh, no i there? don't play music uh in that context i yeah. do
0: play music when i'm writing i know okay. that's not what javier asked here but uh, i like to play uh-huh. you know godspeed you black emperor mogwai uh, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. What else do I like to listen to while writing? Circle of Birds as well, and unrelated Russian Circles is another one. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, I tend to avoid anything with vocals, even vocal just harmonics. Like I, I, I don't want to hear a person's voice in those scenarios most of the time. uh uh-huh. But yeah, I, those are that's kind of what I get into in those situations. Yeah,
1: that's cool. Yeah, um, I don't. I mean, I, I, I dabble in dungeon synth. That's not my fave. Um but I do like a lot of ambient music. Um, that's like two sections of the record store. I'm always checking out and seeing what kind of ambient, sometimes new age, uh, sounds we got there. Um, I also like soundtracks. I listen to that a lot, especially, um, my favorite is there's this blog I used to love. It's now defunct called sleazy listening. It was, um, soundtracks from seventies, um, like horror and like lo-fi or I'm sorry, like, uh, like, softcore porn (laughs) movies from Italy and mostly some France. Um, Like, some incredible composers working on, like, absolute trash films. But, um, man, there's such a rich vein of music there. And um, I I put on stuff like that a lot when I'm playing. I don't usually, play music in person sessions, but this is what I put on, like, in my headphones when I'm playing online with people. I'm just imagining you playing online and then in your headphones some you know ennio
0: morricone <laughs> just sure yeah showing up while you're
1: suddenly your voice drops sure. and you describe no morricone is great yeah no, Piero no Piccione, like i don't know there's a lot of these italian guys i'm crazy about and then uh i don't know yeah uh yeah i don't know i like i like more uh just kind of ambient, ambient droney stuff. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you
0: ever listen? Um, you ever listened to uh, uh, Pelican? Sort of droney as well. No, I don't so know Pelican. You might like no. them. They're
1: kind of drony. I think they're they're kind of sludge. I think you'd call them. Again, these okay. names are so stupid. See, I don't see the sludgy stuff. See, you're getting into this dark this world of darkness. I don't want to. I don't <laughs> Got it. vibe yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you oh, know? you could. You know, I'm
1: talking like like Mort Garson. You ever hear of the Plantasia? His like plant record? <laughs> no, I, no, I have not. Uh, Okay, it's like Moog, Moog music. Yeah, to make I was going to say, grow. is it a Moog?
0: Is it it's it, like the Morganson yeah. is the he's the Moog guy, right? Or is it a different
1: guy? Yeah, or I guess Moog yeah, is the Moog there, guy, but yeah, right.
0: His um, Moogie. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, have you ever heard of uh, oct- uh, Octagonally years.
1: See, I'm not going to play the game where we just throw out uh, obscure guys at you. No, and do you know what an octagon
0: is? That's why I'm mentioning it. It's a I've heard of an octagon. Uh, no, yeah. an octagon. It's an electronic keyboard. It was made by Mattel (laughs) in the 70s. It's a portmanteau of optical and organ, optagon. and it's No, I don't know optagon. That's cool. uh, According to (laughs) my friend, so I heard about it from the guy who records this, who did our music, Bobby McElver. Uh, It's a poor man's Mellotron, is my understanding. But Uh anyways, no, Optagon Only Years is just a a band that plays the optagon. It's one of the guys
1: from the band Pinback. It doesn't matter. This is way off Uh topic. Let's move back. Way off topic. I want to say one more album, though. Okay. This is... I'm not... um, Do you you listen to Mac DeMarco at all? No. I am not a Mac DeMarco guy, typically. I, like, listen to singles every once in a while, but I'm not, like, a hardcore fan. Um, He's got, like, a really rabid fan base. But he put out this album this year called One Wayne G. (laughs) It's 199 songs. It's nine hours long. (laughs) That's long. That's really long. (laughs) And it's... It's, like... I feel like it's literally just demos from his laptop from like the past 3 years that he was just goofing off with. But man, I feel like this is some very quality D&D soundtrack music. We're just taking getting taken through moods with like I don't know, doinky synths and guitars and it's, it's like very it's a it's a vibe, but I think it's really good for some RPG sessions. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I've never heard him so I wouldn't know, although uh <laughs> <laughs> i believe you uh for anyway for this
0: particular that's the,
1: that's the answer to the question well, right no, is there anything I, more to yeah say? i have yeah w- I, I feel like we're getting too on. far no, into no, like no. "Ooh, I, what's on your turntable just, and wankery here, can i just know?
0: bring it back so for our main review we're going to be reviewing holy mountain shaker by luca reitz so uh this is written by luca reitz layout is by ama irbamel Editing is Gavin Norman, FM Geist, and Jared Crater from Moonrat Conspiracy. Uh, all the art is Luca Reitz again, and it's published by Necrotic Gnome, but with, I think, a s- assistance or partnership from Exalted Funeral. Luca is kind of unparalleled in the OSR, I would say. There's really nothing, or there's no one who does as much as he does themselves you know as and and is so uh prolific you know he did yeah he did ultraviolet grasslands by himself you know yes he gets editors but he does the art and the writing and the layout and you know it's all lucas brain <laughs> and uh yeah. and that's you know he he's done a lot of stuff not just uvg i'm a big fan of uvg and i don't, I don't think that's any secret. Um, I, I did not buy the second edition, though, because I have the first and it's great. I mean, I kind of want the second one, but it doesn't make sense to have both. So here we are. Um, but I do love his work. I have pr- pretty much everything else he's done. Uh, some of it is very different. You know, Wh- Witchburner, for example, very different mm-hmm. from uh, his, his other
1: stuff he's done. This is, is this his first OSC adventure. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, it's a first party OSC adventure. So this is like as OSC as it gets. Well, for
0: sure. But I'm I'm thinking: is there anything he's done that for for OSC? Because you know, UVG is ostensibly a setting for C Cat, which is his own system, right? Um and it's even the version of ccat that's in the first edition of uvg is not like a, a osc it's quite different so i uh, yeah but anyhow it's because other stuff stays a little more broad
1: it's like broadly right are, right it's bro- which correct. burner is not like right you know right
0: right it's it sort of does the ZX shoe here are some dice that might work in this situation you know yeah uh, right uh, this is you know very much OSE. A lot of see this creature, but with this change, you know, see see mummy, but no disease, that kind of thing. So it refers to the OSE uh-huh. bestiary uh, pretty frequently. Yeah. Uh, before we get any any further into the adventure, do you have any specific feelings or comments about Luca's work that
1: you'd like to say now? Or I mean, yeah, Luke, Luca's a very very inspirational uh creator, I uh is someone I'm I'm always happy to follow because always something interesting is coming out of Luca, even if it's something I don't really want to play at my table. Uh I mean I think Luca's a true artist. Like whatever he's coming out with is something that is going to be thought provoking and inspirational. Um so you know there's a lot of different ways to enjoy a role playing game <laughs> beyond like rolling dice at a table with your friends. Um you know and I think <laughs> Uh, you know, we've reviewed like forty-five books. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna play forty-five modules. You know, maybe, ever. I mean, that's a ton. You know what I mean? And certainly with Luca Reyes stuff. stuff, um, yeah. It's it's always just a, a real experience just to, to sit in this work and uh, absorb uh, what's here. Yeah, I think so, I think it's hard
0: not to use it in some way. I mean, I used UVG a ton into in the. Uh, yeah, I ran an Into the Dungeon Revived campaign for. I don't uh-huh. know, a year and a half or something. And I used a bunch of UVG in there, a bunch, yeah. just weird skeletal spiders climbing on cliff sides and, you know, glass yeah. structures. He He's sort of, if you took a bit of Gus L's work, you know, uh, that's sci-fi fantasy mix, and then added yeah. in, a, I, I guess, a sort of Slavic influence. And uh, his art is obviously very much influenced by Mobius and yeah uh, you know
1: he's got his own spin on it but i, I would say like more broadly like euro comics Yeah. like yeah. i think there's a lot of there's a lot of tintin in his work oh I yeah for it sure for sure for sure which makes um, that what yeah herge how does it now i yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah the tintin guy yeah herge herge yeah
0: herge um, uh that said Mobius, who's one of my favorite if not my favorite all time artist uh, that's i guess you just see what you like but there are some pieces in this particular book uh specifically on page yeah. 27 that stand out to me as being so mobius e um i love seeing it i i yeah. i think i think luca really knows what he's doing when it comes to influence it, to you know infle- inflecting his own personal art style with some of these greats i yeah it's great anyhow that said, I'm sort of an ignor- ignoramus about, around art. I just know what I like, and I do like Luca's art pretty much always. Uh, my wallpaper has been Luca's art for a couple of years now, uh, across two monitors. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, he's great. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what this is. Don't get too into weeds. Just in general, what is the plot slash overarching sure. summary of this adventure?
1: All right, so this is a first-party release for Old School Essentials. This is for mid-level characters, which this is calling, I think, levels 5 and 6. The premise is that there is this holy mountain, and there's a little town at the base of it, and um, the, the area has been plagued with terrible earthquakes. And the PCs are charged with entering the mountain and figuring out what is up with the earthquakes please find a way to stop the earthquakes and um there is kind of a timer built in because if the uh, answer is not resolved if it's not discovered the earthquakes get worse and worse and could destroy the, the town and uh wreck the mountain um so it's a it's a very interesting hybrid of a dungeon crawler and a point crawl We're, traveling in these big like macro zones, um, but within an enclosed dungeon space. So I think very unique in its approach to, to dungeon design.
0: Yeah. I I would say it's, it it is a point crawl of a dungeon crawl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it, It is quite, I think if you don't come into it with the right perspective, you'll be very confused at first. You know, it's, Yes. It's not uh, even a traditional point crawl, I would say. I know even people who run point crawls still have dungeon crawl rules or dungeon right. crawl procedures. But this is different. This is a 100% dungeon crawl. So to give folks an idea Th- yeah. of what we're talking about, you might have a two-page spread for one particular point in the point crawl. And in that spread are options for what happens if you explore a little bit. What happens if you explore a lot? What happens if you explore one aspect of the area you're in? Uh, The sort of local tables for that point and what might happen? Uh, It it, it really is a point crawl, and I think it's a point crawl done well. The question is, and I think this will be the question of our review, is, is this the best format for this particular kind of dungeon crawl? Because because that's what it is. (laughs) It is a dungeon crawl and despite it having these huge zones that you sort of move through there are there's no point where you zoom in and it describes the room in such a way that you can interact with it as if it was a dungeon so it it never really lets go of the point crawling experience and I think for some people that might be a problem we're going to talk further about whether we think it's a problem but I I, I can yeah. certainly see that throwing off some classicists or classic players, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, so that's the that's I think to fill in the gaps, that's a little bit what we mean when we say it's a point crawl that is also a dungeon crawl.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know, I feel like this is one of the this is like one of the more like, thought-provoking modules I have ever read. Like, I, I don't know, I'm just spinning this thing around yeah i think that's Um, one one thing
0: i think we should add is that yeah i'm not going to say it's overstuffed i'm just going to say it is packed with details packed yes there's a lot to read and and a
1: lot to learn um i I wrote i wrote down the words i had not heard of are you ready? <laughs> oh, God. There's so- – if we don't just talk about the language, I, oh, my goodness. Overwhelming amounts of like right. – especially architecture t- vocabulary right. that I'm constantly looking up. Right. So l- um, I'm just going to list them out real quick because I think it is interesting. Um,
0: yeah. Naus, Aditon, Hypostyle, Crumholtz Hypogeum, Potemkin, Nidarian Potemkin I had yeah. heard but not in the context that it was used. The rest of these are brand new to me. Nidarian I had to Google how you pronounce it. Uh, and the thing is, it uses those words sort of interchangeably. So, well, not interchangeably, but okay, it uses those words in a way as if I would know them. <laughs> you know, it'll say something like, Absolutely. You know, you'll have the water drinkers shrine. Okay, I know what a shrine is. I've heard of shrines, uh, <laughs> and then it'll have the hypostyle halls. Oh, I okay, I'm going to Google hypostyle now. Oh, door to non non Euclidean nows. Now I know what non-Euclidean <laughs> means. I don't know what now means. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of googling yes. for me in this one. A lot of looking stuff up, and I usually read these without any digital devices near me. Like I read it before bed, and I don't bring any phones to my room or whatever. So I, I just have to write them down and look them up later. You know, because it's it's right. not, and I, this is not an knock against it. It's it's actually, frankly, it's incredible. I mean, Luca speaks a, at least three languages, and English is not mm-hmm. his first language, and he has a command of it that uh, (laughs) it's quite breathtaking. So yeah.
1: Anyhow. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this. Um, I think Luca Reitz does not handily fit in the OSE house style where we have, you know, bolded um, like objects and then parentheses to like go deeper, what they're about because it ends up being a lot of words that, don't <laughs> don't mean anything to they're me they're not interactive, yeah right and that, that's a major and, cr- critique i think I, I didn't mean to get yeah i was going to hold that off to later but that, i i'm with you 100 percent. but continue. i think it's really thrashing at the restrictions of this style of yes of, of formatting yes and you know in a work like ultraviolet grasslands where there's room for for him to like spread out and like useful sentences we get like contextual clues you know but when it's just um trying to find a good example here
0: oh i mean literally any page i haunting <laughs> hauntingly beautiful glades swaying pines scarred mountainside blasted open yawning gap entrance yes. in the mountain so it actually made me hate the style and then I realized it wasn't the style that was that was the problem. I mean, it is, but I like the style. I actually went and I looked at stuff I've done before and thought, "Is this bad? It, it, are we <laughs> the baddies?" You know. But then I realized, right. actually, no, that's not the problem. The problem is that you can't contain Luca in this format. It's not how he right. writes. It doesn't make sense. Like it, it's not. You could rewrite it, but it, it's clear that that wasn't something he was going to do. Um, it made right. me feel like I was reading stuff that didn't matter or or was not. I, I think it just threw me a lot because I'm really used to the house style. I love the house style, but right. I think, I think it doesn't work here. Yeah. I really think it does. It's the number one failing. I think we're jumping way ahead here to
1: critiques, but th- no, I, I agree. I, th- I, f- I feel like, so I, I know Luke Reitz has had like blog posts about, there was one about how like you can't run an adventure as written because of there's so much room for, you know, player characters do, many things and no module can account for that. And I feel like this philosophy trickles out into his game design where we don't get I feel like he kind of paints in macro we get these broad you know it's like an impressionistic view of a module where we get kind of like broader strokes about how the adventure proceeds without zooming in into these micro hallways and encounters and stuff like that. And so to kind of like imprison it in this very punchy bullet language I think is like a detriment to the work to some degree. Um, and yeah, I also feel like it benefits from having each location kind of confined to a two page spread. It makes the book really easy to use and reference. And you do get these really <laughs> inspirational, like weird locales that pull you in, but they just do not tell you like what's really going on. Like what's the context, what's the story because that's just not how that's not how it works, you know? Yeah, and also um, there is
0: a large there's, there's sort of a larger problem in all this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it uses OSE, but it introduces some point crawl rules and some wilderness exploration rules, namely two hour watches. And it uses those yeah. to great effect. I mean it tell you know how long a thing takes, which is really helpful. Yeah. Right. But the problem is it's the locations and environments in which the PCs are interacting is so abstract that I think it actually puts a greater burden on the GM to focus on kind of keeping that... Like, I would rather just throw all that out. Like, if you're going to abstract the damn location, and maybe this is hypocritical because my own, you know, Karen second edition rules has both point crawl and wilderness exploration baked in, but uh, the way that I... When I look at this, I feel like OSC is so hard-boiled, or it's so, you know, you zoom in, and a turn is this long, and a round is this long, and a day is this long, and you have this many. You can travel this uh-huh. speed. But then you look at this, and I, I don't know how far the hypostyle halls <laughs> are from the small lake. Right. Uh, uh, the path of, or the temple of protein can be found You know, in right above the small lake, but it's much farther from the hypostyle halls, which are attached. I just don't know how to use that. So it's sort of weird to use OSC for this. If you're going to do it this way, I actually think, yeah, I think this could be a very traditional OSC adventure. If it was written differently and if it wasn't a point crawl, on the other hand, if you were to run it the way Luca wants, you totally could. And you'd have a great time. And in fact, I don't even know that you'd need to read it in advance. If you just didn't worry mm. about this kind of stuff and you just sort of no, surprised yeah. yourself as you went went through it, I I really enjoyed I reading that. it. The only detriment to reading it for me was I felt like I was expecting interactivity from the OSE house style and not getting it, and it it kind of gave me a headache. Like I yeah. I kept looking for something and then I realized no, I, I I'm just used to how they function. Frankly, remove the OSE house style and I think this would be uh, if much improved which is crazy because yeah. i i i'm the biggest believer in this thing i but
1: uh, let's talk positives let's talk, let's talk about but. no there's so i i kind of i do like though the, the <laughs> in no, sorry that that noted meaning i loved it yes let's talk <laughs> positives um i actually like the mechanic where you're given these this time unit a watch it's two hours and you don't know this, but you have a finite amount of these. And I guess it's kind of baked into the idea that you're going in this mountain because you know the earthquakes are getting worse. So the constant, the I think the core um, conflict that players are dealing with here is they're going into these weird locales. They don't know what's causing the earthquakes. They, each locale is weird and interesting and tells you more about this mountain. Like there's dead civilizations here, like multiple of them. And there's it's not always clear like what happened here or what's going on or if it's worth investigating. So with each locale, it's like, is this worth spending time to get deeper into right? Which is rewarding in itself because learning more about these areas is really interesting. But but, but like, why would you? Are you diving into the right 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 <laughs> location uh, I, or the right information me, to like solve what's going and, on? And I think
0: that that's from the perspective of a dungeon crawl, which I know this is a yeah. bad role, but that's actually one of the problems with this module, in my opinion, is that it introduces a couple factions, but they don't really show up anywhere later yeah. in the Underworld. I mean, there are other factions, just not the ones that you think it are going to really matter. I mean, everything seems abandoned when you get there. There's a whole section with a yeah. mining company, but they kind of matter, kind of not. You don't really run into them. Uh, there, no. It would be very easy to create relevant encounters from those factions but i didn't really see them they're not pronounced at all like if you compare it to uh date of expiration for example where yeah you're very aware of what the factions are who they are what they want how the pcs interact with them here i just feel like you could easily ignore them and the results would be the same Uh, there were a couple other small critics that i had that I have that I didn't mention earlier that I, I realize I want to now before I dive into talk about, talking about how much I love this. Wh- one thing I wanted yeah. to mention was it makes frequent use of references to proper names and proper nouns without including the page numbers where you can find them. So, for example, that's the, go- the gold that. horn, which is brought up yeah. once in the bestiary in the beginning, and then it, that's on page 10. It isn't referenced again until page 28, but there's no there's no C bestiary or C page 10, nothing. Yeah. It just assumes, and I don't I dude, there's so much data here. I, there's no way I'm gonna remember what <laughs> Goldhorn is. By the time you get right. to Goldhorn the second time, I have learned at least 30 new words and proper nouns. You know? And so so yes. I'm like, wait, what? Who's Goldhorn? Why did the lover. Being brought to life in the hunter, like I have no idea sure. what's going on, and I had to I, honestly, I, I reading the hardback was a problem. I had to switch to PDF so I could do a Control F for Goldhorn. Mm. Oh, it's in the bestery. Goldhorn is a monster, cr- not really a monster, but it's a creature. Right, it's not an NPC; it's a creature. And I think that that actually is a it, it, that's I don't know whose responsibility that would be in this case. I, I guess editing, but it to me it seems like there are so many words thrown at you. That if you're gonna do this, <laughs> yeah. you better have references. Uh, you know, just just tell me where I can find more information about this word you've introduced for the first time since page ten. You know, I, I, right. I so that that's a kind of major uh, critique. But let yeah. me follow that up with something I really like. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it's a
0: classic say. example of Luca writing. Okay, this is on page thirty. A Potemkin Boulevard of machines for reproducing a dead consumer culture with well-dressed marionettes and plastic food displays. Two D6 terrified radiation ghosts shy away from light and life as shadows. Shadows is, I guess, the creature they are. I just love these, like, single-sentence, super descriptive, almost uh, philosophical, you know, one-liners that he... (laughs) <laughs> he drops all over this thing. And it's, it's in my opinion, pretty glorious to read as a result. It reminds me of, of ultraviolet, ultraviolet Grasslands. It's just so, it's it's a hearty meal of words to, you know, gorge yourself on. Just make sure you slow down because by the end, you're just, what? Yeah. you just, it's hard. It, it's, totally.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yeah, man, he just packs so much mystery and like, I don't know, so much. Beauty in the subtext of these weird dead like societies that you're exploring, like the empty streets and the ghosts and like the weird like very modern trappings of like civilizations that are gone there's like I love in the beginning or towards uh, towards one point of entry, there's like a palace with a missing princess, and there's like robot like creatures that are mourning her and they're like where is she and then I don't know these kind of like romantic threads like that where you find the princess later and like what's befallen her. It's like, wow, this is just like, (laughs) it's, I don't know, the quality of narrative and the quality of writing just like hidden away in this weird, like dungeon delve is just really, I don't know. It's really effective I think, but you know, it leaves a lot to subtext and I think it depends a lot on the GM to improvise. Um, within the framework of kind of like the vibe that's been set, even if they don't have knowledge of like, what happened to this place? Cause it's never improvised. What explain to me what you mean? What do you mean? What do they have to improvise? I
0: think I know what you're saying, but I want to make sure.
1: Well, I think so. The, the, the reason I think this book would be hard to use as a GM, I, let me just say this. I really like this book a lot and I would love to be a player in this like so much. <laughs> I would not really want to run it because I think it would be a little bit daunting just the way it's presented because I feel like it, it bears closer resemblance to like a wilderness hex crawl and that you're doing these kind of like broad movements, but you need to know like when to zoom in for some specific action. Oh, like a bear approaches or you find an old campfire or smoke, you know, you know, you have to like know when to zoom in on specific action. Yeah. And that, that is what a point
0: crawl is yeah. though. Like If you go to the, you know, the right. origin of, of point crawls, which is the hill, the hill Canton's blog, you're meant to uh-huh. zoom in. You're meant to zoom in. And in my own games, which I love point crawls, I prefer them over he- over hex crawls. I know that that's not a popular uh, perspective, but uh-huh. I personally prefer them over hex crawls. Right. And what I do is I have a point crawl, and then I zoom in,
1: and then I zoom in again. I would argue a point crawl has usually has more in common with like actual just a normal dungeon crawl. It's just the the distance is farther and the walls are. Not as, yeah. There's no walls. The walls
0: are the difference. the w- The walls are what matter. the The architectural interactivity, the the three dimensional nature, is what right. makes it special. Which is why this isn't a dungeon crawl. I mean, it's not. It's not.
1: It could be. You could have dungeons built into these point crawls. Okay, like the Needle Gnome Outpost. All right, this is we get grottos, hanger like, lacy dripstone lanes, cobblestone wells, bottomless, and we initial exploration. You're finding abandoned villas, a street an abandoned park. It's like people have lived here. How zoomed in do you go on this? Because you need enough information to convey there's more for you to explore if you want to keep going, and there's secrets for you to find if you dive deeper that connect to other locations. So I find it challenging, you know, in a wilderness crawl. It's like, oh, you spend the day traveling through the wilderness. You see a mountain to the west, you know. But with this, this is very much more like a dungeon where there's these micro <laughs> like navigational tools, right? Like streets, buildings. Like do you go in a building? Okay. What's in the building? Like oh, there are dude, there are there are bridges. Is
0: that a architectural problem? Is that an interactivity yeah. problem? Like I I mean I it, it, you're kind of missing out on the dungeon crawl part of dungeon crawling. And I think that is why right. I don't know that point crawls in this specific module make that much sense, or at least they don't right. make sense within the OSE context. Uh, I, I, you could do a point crawl dungeon. Totally. You just have to write what that stuff is. And and that's just missing from this.
1: I don't know. I think it's really hard to do because it it's like the minds of Moria. You know, people are always like, I want to make a mega dungeon. Right. And like Dr. Greg tried to do it. And um, I don't know. I read a lot of negative <laughs> reviews about that one. But yeah, that I think that's the challenge. You have to be able to take this framework and riff on it and improvise the micro. You well, know, uh, yeah, but you don't have to do it which, that way.
0: You could instead, for example, in the Buried City, which is, I think, what you're talking about? Yes. the, the They have these layer cake apartments. There's another phrase I had to Google. Uh, so they have these ex- explore the apartments they have. You could You could take this module and blow up those apartments into... So, so it just expects you to do that. So I think what's important for people to understand is that, right. And there are micro elements, you know, there's the museum of memories, which getting into it is basically like, you know, getting past a door. But once you're in there, there's nothing, there's no rooms for you to explore in the same way you would in a dungeon.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like you get into this building and there's like a door described. It's like, that's, that doesn't feel like enough. You're in a museum. Like what else? You know, I got a riff on that. So, like, page after page, I'm like, man, that's great. Man, that's beautiful. I can't, oh, so this is awesome. I want to explore this. Like, I want to live in this place. I want to explore this place. But thinking about how I'd run it it is like, oof, I get a headache. Right. I I think
0: if this had been expanded to a major work with individual dungeons scattered throughout, I think it could be something revolutionary. I think as it is it's still incredible and worth reading especially if you just want to pull stuff out but honestly I kept thinking to myself this feels like a troika adventure. <laughs> I thought that too. It's like it's it's in theme and yeah. in the anti-canon sort of yes. nature which I know it's not really anti-canon because it does have a canon but it's also it just subverts you on every level. It subverts your idea of a
1: dungeon crawl at all which some people are not going to like. Something you said earlier was um, something along the lines of like you, it felt like ha- only half finished or something like that. Like you wanted more of it or something like that. I said it. I, I didn't exactly say it was said. half filled. I said I, if this was blown up to a major, like you know, release. I don't know. What you'd- okay, so to speak to that, you said you say this was blown up. Um, so I I remember that there. I read an interview with Luca Reyes. I pulled it up. This is from uh, Third Kingdom Games. Hmm. Yep. they do this meet the publisher um in a newsletter i believe you you and i have both been interviewed by
0: third kingdom go ahead yeah
1: yeah uh yeah shout outs to third kingdom games uh it's great you should subscribe to the the newsletter it's good stuff anyway i pulled that up because i wanted to hear about i don't know the creation of this and that was actually a big part of this interview luca reyes says about holy mountain shaker hmm well so far only half of holy mountain shaker is published i wrote about twice as much but there wasn't space for it all so a lot got cut i'm planning to release the other part the town and earthquake adventures sometime later this year or early next year it's more of a social deduction who done it kind of adventure (laughs) classic classic yeah and he also says to speak to another point we had the other thing that was challenging was figuring out a way to capture a scale between room by room dungeon crawling and the sense of size when experiences in a really big cave system or underground bunker long narrow passages that feel endless then suddenly echoing halls i think i got about 70 percent of the way there it's good but i'll probably revisit the problem in a few Mm. years again um yeah (laughs)
0: totally i feel you man like sort of reminds me of uh describing it as a who's done it's like, like Witchburner, Long Winter, you know, they're not traditional uh-huh. fantasy adventures. And I, I think that's where he does a good, he yeah. does a really good job. I just don't think he needed to be chained by the OSC house style to do that. You know, to, Yeah, uh, this is one where I think we are on the exact same page. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um,
1: one thing I like a lot about the layout, though, is you get kind of a little mini map. You see like the point you're at and the connecting points. And there's just... I love the map. There's just... The map's... Oh, the map's incredible. And it's right in the beginning of the book. You just pop open the, the you know, nice... Uh, the little mini visuals of location are so evocative. It's such a beautiful yeah, map. Yeah, they're great.
0: They're great. They they make complete sense to me.
1: In fact, this is one of the best
0: point crawls I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not a dungeon crawl. Yeah. And that's the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I do really like... On each spread, you get the mini map. And it just... When, when you get... You know, the path to the deep minds. You get just a few descript- descriptive words. Chiseled scout holes, machined arteries, carnal pits. <laughs> <Yeah>. Carnal pits? <laughs> no, it's, yeah, right, right. Whatever. And then the the to path to the temple of protein. You say, oh, there's ladders, square shafts, toxic rivulets. Like, that gives me enough information to convey you're in this new grand space you see two avenues of exit i can briefly describe it. like oh this one has a bunch of ladders and like broken machines the other one has it's more like you know it's a little more like wild or unmined you know you're seeing like raw stone stuff like that like that seems very effective and that's something i sometimes struggle with when you get to a point crawl or a hex crawl is like when players are like what do i see around me and you have to kind of extrapolate from the locale details i'm like well you see um uh, there's smoke coming from this way, you know.
0: It does really good on that part, but I think if if a player said, what's 10 feet away from me, yeah. you might have to come up with that. Right, no, <laughs> you're on your own for that. <laughs> uh, and, and let's deep dive so I can talk about a few of the particulars.
1: Deep dive, dive, dive,
0: dive. I think the part that I would struggle the most with is that maze, the deep mines with the a sleeper, a, sl- uh, a manita or whatever. There's like some dreamer is controlling it. Uh, it's great. Yes, I just I think it would be really obnoxious yeah. to run from me and my players. I think they would have a really hard time with it because it, it it is the most three dimensional situation. And yet that's, yes. it's just not described in that way. And I think I have some players who will be really frustrated and try to figure it out. And
1: no, I agree with you. I think in general, the, I feel like the best <laughs> locales, And by best, I mean like easiest to run and most evocative are the big open spaces where you can see everything. Like that big funnel you walk down or the giant lake Yeah, where there's no mystery about like what's in the buildings? What's the museum like? What's hiding behind the corner here? It's like you see a huge lake. There's an island. Like there's stalactites. What are you – which giant thing are you exploring? I mean, that totally right, hits. Right, There's a lot of that. No, and that's
0: what he does. That's why UVG works so well for me is uh-huh. that it is that kind of grand Oregon Trail landscape. Yeah. You know? um, I'm trying to actually find – there's a part of the module that really did get to me, but I uh, I can't see it now. It's This is part of the problem is I'm just so overwhelmed by it. Yes. You know?
1: What time period is this? Like, <laughs> right. You know, just like the... things like cars and things like robots, but those don't seem to be in the modern world that you start in. Uh, by the way, the uh, illustration on page nineteen, that's actually
0: the one that I was thinking of that is the most like LJ. The um it's it's yes. I mean that's uh, Tintin. <laughs> with the lamp. Right, right. That's yeah. the most like Tintin. Yeah, that that's one that's very um, man, man his uh, art just cannot—you cannot say enough good yeah, we things. We didn't about really, color. we didn't really talk about it, did we? Because it's such a, so so assumed. His art is so damn good. It's
1: so effective. It's like I feel like we're using like a Copic oh. multi liner or some kind of ink pen like that, dude. Just like clean line work. I don't think, you know, I actually, yeah, I I didn't, I didn't appreciate the art on the
0: cover until I read it. And then I went and looked at it again and realized what it's, what it's doing, like what it's actually telling you, because it's a fish, you know, so I just kind of, it was so, I don't know, but you look at it and it's, oh, actually it's a map. Oh, actually it's, you know, telling you something about the the story. And I, I, yeah, I think it's,
1: yeah, go ahead. I don't mind the cover, but somehow I think it's my least favorite work my least favorite illustration I, in the book i love the the fish god picture where he just looks really mad right
0: and by the way by the way yes that is a point crawl yes
1: yes a good one and that's, that's a good one and if we're deep diving so that's what's going on in this holy mountain there is an ancient god fish and recently oh, he's gotten to huh? yeah an invisible adventurer stuck in his mouth yeah some cocky adventurer went to find his the heart of the god got stuck in a gill and it's irritating the God. So he's thrashing around and you got to go pull him out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, I guess obvious when you look at it, like something is pushing these two rods apart or whatever, but it's pretty hilarious that it's this giant fish. You it's, get there, you go in the mouth, you search it, yes. you go around. It's, it's very, it's actually, in my
1: opinion, you could just, just run that as like a, a one shot fun little point crawl. I don't know. I think the this, payoff of like getting to this huge lake And you get close to this island and you realize it's all a massive fish. That illustration with the eyeball of the fish opening on the little boat is just... That should have been the cover as far as I'm concerned. It's amazing. Uh, Too much of a giveaway, don't you think? I guess so. Um, But I just think... The pharaoh fish. That whole arc. Like, just the feeling of discovering this fish (laughs) mountain in a mountain is... It's amazing. And I love... Like, so much I like about this module. I love, like, the... the focus is on exploration. Like there is monsters that pop out, but nothing requires heroic violence. <laughs> That's not how you solve this thing. And if you're fighting something, it's because you screwed up and you've probably tried to steal something. Like you're chipping away diamonds from a door like, or something, you know? I like how those, like the needle gnomes are not gnomes. It says, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Not>
0: gnomes, Right. <laughs> and they have like, I guess they have guns or something. I don't know. They're just these little guys. They're awesome. Uh, they look like, I don't know, hedgehogs or something. That I love the I actually love the art for them because it's so different from Luca's yes. normal
1: art, you know? Uh, yeah. I love the way he uses monsters, too. Like, most of the monsters here are just like, oh, yeah, this is like a wood golem. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, use the stat block of something. Like, these corrupt dragon babies are like, oh, yeah, use the uh, giant weasel <laughs> stat block. Yeah, I was pretty confused uh-huh. by the gold horn, to be honest. Like, I uh-huh.
0: understand that that's, like, another... Path into the dungeon, into the mountain, but it's okay. So I guess it died, and then the later, if the dungeon collapses, if the mountain collapses, it's reborn. It doesn't really tell you why, but yeah, very like Princess Mononoke kind of spirit of the
1: forest. It is very totally
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. There's no way that that was not influential here.
1: Yeah, doesn't look that way, but there's no. It licks you back to life. I mean, come on, right? And like you know, its head got chopped off. This is like the spirit of nature. You know, yeah, totally. totally. Um, it's but it's th- not a knock. I mean, very, that's I. I love that. Right. It's inter- It's a very interesting
0: juxt- juxtaposition. Yeah. You know, this, it's all over the place. Uh,
1: which is cool. You know, I interesting think. level range though. Levels five to six. Like, why does this have to be for mid level? I think just the variety of I don't know. That's one thing. I'm You know, the more the more modules I read, the more bummed I get on like level requirements <laughs> and like leveling up in old school essentials and, you know, BX style D&D and stuff like that. I mean, like, why does this have to be levels five, six? I want to start level one characters in this thing, you know. Um, right. It's like, you know, it's refreshing when I play a levelless game now. I'm like, oh, I can just play anything. I can just run anything like danger is danger. You know, um, I don't like this like gated danger. This is only dangerous if you're a certain level. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, anyway, generally though, I like how how Luca uses monsters and just kind of basically reskins the same handful of monsters. You don't need a million stat blocks for monsters. You know, I mean, many people have said this, but, you know, uh, if you're playing OSC slash, you know, old school D&D, you really only need like an orc and a bear stat block and you can right. use those for everything. I right. mean, like I'm feeling it with this big time. Um seeing seen a lot of orcs and bears. Right. Yeah, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a weird sense. One of the thematic clashes for me in this is that if the, the adventure sites feel very lived in while also feeling very abandoned. Yeah. You know, you have these like robot cities where the robots are like taking out garbage while looking at people talking on railways. And then you have these catacomb cities that are graveyards. And, right. Uh, it, you know, it's all very cool. It doesn't make any
1: sense. Well, there's the people are all gone, right? I mean, you don't find any like inhabited civilizations here. It's all like robots. You don't, but you find evidence of like very recent. Like
0: it seems like people really recently lived here. It doesn't make sense that they like uh, maybe that's just from the miners or maybe it's from the gnome, Uh uh, the uh, the needle gnomes. But yeah, it it is odd. It feels like it's this like recently abandoned and an ancient abandoned sort of cities, uh, which I'm sure there's an explanation. But I think I may have collapsed under the weight
1: of it at some point. Yeah, no, there's there's no explanation. I think it's, you know, every spread I was like, so much of this is left to subtext, but I would have loved a paragraph on each spread that just gave me a history of this place. Like this was a civilization. 500 years ago and it died because of a virus and they worship bugs or something like, I don't know. But we get that kind of anti-canon philosophy that we don't get any context. It's just, here's the, here's the dead city. And, there's no answers here. You're not going to find them. You don't need to know what they are. So explore the empty buildings now, Um, which like some, some of the buildings I'm, some of the locales, like the ziggurat of stars, I really struggled with. Like, there's a but
0: th- these aren't like the glab, glab people, these no. are the, the they're like something else. So, I was, I was a little confused by that. Maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, there's like water whites and glab, labs, glab, glabs, and ancient things. And then there's like, no, this looks like a city that's like a futuristic city, it's just very right. confusing. And then, this the actual city that you start in, the right, the, the, the town, plish town, it looks yeah. like a not advanced city, but. Maybe it is. I I, I don't understand. No. Anyways, yeah, it's that's just what it is, and yeah, I think you're either gonna it's either gonna work for you or you're gonna really
1: hate it. Yeah. <laughs> for for that, you know I, know, I think
0: I think this this is a very divisive module, is my guess. I actually don't know if it is, but
1: yeah, I know. I, I feel like I could just like talk about every page, right? About totally. what's going on. Totally. There's like just so much here that I like and so much that I struggle with. But uh, that's man. Luca.
0: That's
1: that's that's why he's. It's the best at what he does. Yeah. Uh Yeah. But I don't know. Generally, I just love it. You know, I just want to. I don't think I ever want to run it, but I probably will read it at least once or twice more. You know, it's just it's it's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is good. I agree. The two Brad's up. Two Brad's it's up. Good. What is it? What are you talking about? Am I a unit of, of judgment now? <laughs> you like it. And I agree with you. Okay. So
0: I don't. Okay.
1: Two we gotta cairns. workshop that we one it, we gotta workshop that
0: we give it between two cares <laughs> yeah i'm not good at that stuff all right uh well this has been between two cairns you can find us at patreon.com slash between two cairns or email us at between two at gmail.com uh, ask questions please we want more questions we like questions. We'll answer them some of the time and join our Patreon. If you want to help the show, you won't get anything from it because Brad is really lazy and refuses to send out the stickers,
1: despite there being a long list at this point. I forgot about those July. I'm going to send them out mid, mid July. All right. Mid to late July. All right. Well, anyhow, (laughs) uh, we'll be back next week with more reviews of old school games and, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and make healthy choices. No, you did that one already. And um, what about we love moms? We support mothers. Did we have do that. Done one? that many, too many times. Uh, Creepily amount of times. H- hang in there, baby. Hang in there, baby. Like the cat. On like that the poster. cat. You know that cat. <laughs> hang. In. We between two cairns, reminding you to hang in there, baby. Like those. Those, those rabbits in my closet, like yeah, wherever you are, those hang in the, there. Uh,
0: those rabbits I'm still haunted by those. I'm like, I know, I'm only bringing it up because people were talking about it uh, quite a bit, and I have heard no theories to
1: make me feel any better about it. So they're they're, they're still in your house somewhere. You're gonna find yeah, them.
0: No, they're desiccated, or, or they're. I just can't believe she would have swallowed all three. I mean, you can I can imagine a hundred pound dog. Eating one of them with leaving no evidence, but three? I mean, can you imagine what it must have been like for those rabbits to just ha- be in a box?
1: Were the other two just exactly, sitting there watching? Exactly. Like,
0: a- animals
1: are, you know, go watch a nature documentary. They're monsters. I don't, They're the real monsters. The truth is out there, you know? Anyway, um, hang in there, baby. Bye.